In 1 Corinthians 14, starting at verse 26, Paul told us what to do when we gather as the church. How is it then, brethren, when ye come together, every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying, to edifying to build the church in the faith in God. I could see by this scripture, when we came together, the Holy Spirit was supposed to be free to speak through whom he will at the church. I've seen something like this one time. On a Wednesday night, I went to a meeting at church, and the pastor invited anyone who had a word from the Lord to speak that word. And one by one, individuals spoke what they had heard from God. It was the most exciting meeting I've ever attended. Paul said, every one of you hath a psalm. A psalm is technically a prayer. Hath a doctrine. Hath a tongue. Hath a revelation. Hath an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. Wouldn't you find that exciting? If we gathered together and whichever one had a word from God spoke it, if it wasn't a pre-planned thing like a theatrical production, but was from the Spirit of God. This is the way Paul spoke at his meetings. He didn't plan it out as a show. He didn't entertain the people with cleverness. He tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 the following. Verse 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. 1 Corinthians 14. How is it then, brethren, when... We come together. Every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. If any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two or at the most by three, and that by course, and let 
one interpret. But if there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. Let the prophet speak, two or three, and let the other judge. If anything be revealed to another that sitteth by, let the first hold his peace. For ye may all prophesy one by one, that all may learn and that all may be comforted. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. After I was born again, God showed me I was to be a minister. And I said, well, how can that be? I can't speak at church. Look what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14. What about that? And here is what God said to me. Look at what the women were doing at that church gathering. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 34, Paul says, Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is a shame for women to speak in the church. So I looked and I saw that verse 35, and I could tell they were disrupting the church service. Immediately, God took me to Acts 21. The evangelist Philip had four daughters who did prophesy. Prophecy is for the church. They would have to speak in order to prophesy. God showed me also Anna, who was in the synagogue, the temple, when they brought the baby Jesus to the temple after his birth. She lived at the temple and prayed day and night. We can look at that passage of scripture. It is in Luke chapter 2. Start at verse 36. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asser. She was of a great age and had lived with an husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And she coming in at that instant, as they brought the baby Jesus in, gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Then God took me to Judges chapter 4 and had me read about Deborah. Deborah was one of the judges of the nation of Israel. They came to her for judgment. 
Judges 4, verse 4. And Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapthadoth, she judged Israel at that time. And she dwelt under the palm tree of Deborah, between Ramah and Bethel, in Mount Ephraim, and the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. When I read all of these scriptures that God gave to me on the subject of women speaking in the church, I was persuaded that as a person called to ministry offices by God, that I was to do this work. So I've shared with you what God shared with me. But in 1 Corinthians 14, God shows us what to do as we gather in the church. I've seen something close to this in the Sunday school class, which I attended at Word of Faith. The teacher of that class always said to us, Does anyone have a word from the Lord? If so, please feel free to share that. Often I had been given word of knowledge, which is a spiritual gift, and I shared it with that class. Or if I had a doctrine, I would share it with that class. So by these scriptures of the New Testament Bible, God taught me to do what I do. But the church today is not even close to 1 Corinthians 14. Wouldn't you love to go to a gathering of the church where you knew there were prophets of God and that they would share what they had heard from God? The end-time church is set up so that it is restricted to what men want to share. It is not free, in most cases, for the Holy Spirit to speak. And in the end times, the apostasy had to come before Jesus returned. We are just waiting for the return of Jesus. And one thing that had to happen before Jesus could return, the Apostle Paul said, there would come to the church a falling away, and the man of sin would be revealed, Antichrist. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. The NASB Bible refers to this as the apostasy would come. The King James Version says the falling away has to come to the churches before Jesus can return. The falling away has already come to the churches and is rampant in the churches today. 
King James Version, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Paul says, Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day of the Lord shall not come, except there come a falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. When I was reading this scripture in 1982, God said to me, the falling away spoken of by Paul are not people leaving the churches. The falling away are the churches leaving the scriptures. I can give you one portion of one scripture and show you what that's saying. Matthew chapter 5, verse 32, Jesus says, The man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Is that what they're teaching at the church you attend? I've never heard that taught at church. Jesus is speaking to the men of the church concerning divorce and remarriage. And he says to them, Matthew chapter 5, verse 32. But I say unto you, says Jesus, that whosoever shall put away his wife, divorce his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery, and whosoever shall marry her that is divorced committeth adultery. Matthew 5.32 That's the apostasy of the end times in the churches when they take a scripture and change the scripture and set up other doctrines to allow the congregation to do something opposite to the scripture, such as a man marrying a divorced woman. Jesus said, Whosoever shall marry her that is divorced committeth adultery. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you today.